Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 385, May 19th, 2020. Back in 2009, because the parents of the kids were smart enough to get Aquaside out there and get that beach ready for weed-free swimming, on this day in 2009, it was 97 Woo-hoo-hoo. degrees. And back in 1961, it was 33 degrees. And now, from the mayor's office above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production, Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and keeper of common sense. Your mayor, Joe Souchere. This just in. The Minnesota COVID modeling team predicts the earth will warm by 11 degrees by the end of the year. The team said increased fevers associated with COVID-19 is a major contributor to the upswing. See, that's it. Get the rim shot. I was ready. I know you were. I wanna, I wanna, I wanted you to be. Uh, hail the holder accountabilitor of Garage Logic. You don't have to repeat that. Hail you, Chris and Hibbing writes. If there was ever a day where I felt like I was in the heart of Garage Logic, today was the day. Today was that day. Yesterday. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. All right, now now we're ready. It's 70 degrees on the Iron Range. Local lakes are ice-free. There were six adults and children fishing off the docks, and several more were in boats with lines in the water. There was a family of ducks waddling around the shore, and people were out and about caring for their lawns and vehicles. What a day, Mr. Mayor. Chris Brody in Hibbing, Minnesota. Nice. How are you, everybody? Hey, everybody, all right? Here we are. Happy Is Tuesday. Everybody all right? Happy yeah. Tuesday. I'm back. Yeah. Did you yeah. miss me? I did. I miss didn't know you were gone. Yeah, I, I did. did. <laughs> <laughs> neither, neither did I. Actually, I'm I'm over here. Blah 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 blah. And I'm thinking, well, well why doesn't he respond to I, me? <laughs> I did because I can see the connection on my little laptop that's next to me. When you went away, I went, Oh God, not again. You know, Joe, the, the show's a lot better when I'm not on it. <laughs> well, <laughs> that was. Did that happen yesterday? Because oh, yeah. I listened to the show this morning about where the heck's Kenny yeah I'm in and out (laughs) he has he pulled a height and had a lot of trouble uh (laughs) trying to get his uh trying to get his act together uh I decided uh, to sit in for this part today you don't mind do you no I'm I'm pleased to hear you I'm pleased (laughs) to hear you uh Dan in Arizona writes as a 62 year old white male I would appreciate your reading my experiences I've never worn a mask However, I keep my distance. Number two, I actually think I had this. In mid-March, I had an upper respiratory something, bad cough, fever for a day. Guess what? I got over it. Number three, I have not limited my outside visitations of businesses I support. Number four, I cannot paddleboard on a local lake, but I can rent a motorized boat and cruise around. Well, if you're not familiar, paddleboarding is a one-person activity in the middle of a lake, so this is ludicrous. Hmm. These are the decisions a central government can make for you. Number five, here in Arizona, the governor unleashed the casinos. 
Uh, the uh, people were in lines to get in. Number six, since we now have too many test kits, my local grocery store set up a, set up a stand in front of the pharmacy to test for COVID. For nineteen ninety five, they'd tell you if you have it or the antibodies. Neither of the cute nurses was wearing a mask or gloves. This is nuts. What bothers me more than anything is that too many people are okay with this. By the way, please encourage your Arizona snowbirds from Minnesota, Iowa, and Wisconsin to go home. They're driving us nuts with the hoarding. COVID-19 is now an excuse to get out of doing anything. I told the CP that because of COVID, I can no longer do the dishes, take out the trash, or (laughs) vacuum. She's not buying it. Uh, On a positive note, I do ride my e-bike. The COVIDs can't catch me. They try. They try. By the way, they look like spiky, little spiky M&Ms. Say, speaking of e-bikes, if he's out in Arizona, he probably didn't get his from EcoFun Motorsports in downtown Forest Lake. But I got great news. What's that? Eco, EcoFun is back to normal business hours today. They're really? Open, wide open. They're open Tuesday nice. through Saturday, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. They're fully open for business. They're practicing the distancing. There are Bintelli e-bikes in stock, 100 bikes and 200 scooters in stock, free delivery throughout the Twin Cities metro area. This is EcoFun Motorsports on Highway 61 in downtown Forest Lake. Bicycle sales across the country are up 50% over this time last year it's a great time to get into the biking world because we have a lot of summer ahead of us with these uh, stay distanced rules probably still in place they'll take care of you at ecofun motorsports they're back open for business 10 a.m to 6 p.m tuesday through saturday highway 61 in forest lake right downtown ecofun motorsports can you take an electric pedal assist eco fun motorsports bike on the parkway or has that been outlawed by the city of minneapolis i'm sure you can all right good i'm sure you can just not an evil automobile no you know what's become fascinating when you all may weigh in uh the the question whether to open up this country wide open or not really has become uh it, it falls along political lines oh yeah and it's just it's just fascinating. Uh, and the Pirate had a great piece today in the Wall Street Journal. The Pirate. Dan Crenshaw, yep. the one-eyed uh, congressman from Texas who got injured uh, in, uh, in war. He has a wonderful piece, the headline of which is, Why Does Reopening Polarize Us? The debate over reopening the economy has a peculiar characteristic. It breaks down almost entirely along political lines. Liberals emphasize the dangers of an open society, shaming those who want to go back to work. Conservatives argue the opposite. Red states are steadily reopening, while most blue states lag. House Democrats believe it isn't safe for lawmakers to go back to work, while the Republican-controlled Senate is back in session. It isn't obvious that such a debate should be partisan, yet it is. Why? One popular explanation is that all roads lead to President Trump. Whatever he says, the left will say the opposite. Geographic distribution has always been proposed as a factor. Liberals tend to pack into crowded cities, thus the closer you get to the country's tallest buildings, where the virus spreads more easily, while conservatives populate the more rural regions. This explanation is neat, but fails to explain the divide within cities where Republicans support reopening more than their Democratic neighbors. So he goes, he breaks this down according to psychiatry. Hmm. Uh, uh, He he writes, uh, 
Another factor is that economic fallout has harmed working-class high school-educated Americans far worse than the liberal-leaning college-educated. It is easy to prioritize public health when you work comfortably from home. Finally, the far left is treating the lockdowns and the consequent economic devastation as an opportunity to restructure America into a socialist utopia, so they're in no rush. These factors contribute to the partisan divide, but I believe a complete account would take us deeper into the realm of psychology and morality. Liberal and conservative brain function has been shown to differ considerably during exercises in risk-taking. The differences led researchers to conclude that socially conservative views are driven, at least in part, by people's need to feel safe and secure, while liberals present themselves as more open to experience and change, conservatives seem more likely to protect that which we know. This divide appears uh, to apply to multiculturalism, traditional institutions, and financial risk. Today, conservatives are the ones ready to confront risk head-on. That's consistent with my experience in the military, where the overwhelming majority of special operators identify as conservatives. I hope the listeners aren't hearing the echo I'm hearing, Chris. Very t- very slightly, Joe. We're okay. Mm-hmm. Today, yeah, I read that. Liberals are also more comfortable with a government that regulates more behavior and provides more services. They often say you can't be free if you don't have service X, Y, and Z. Such statements sound nonsensical to conservative ears. The conservative emphasis on personal responsibility leaves less room for the government micromanagement we're witnessing now. Conservatives understand basic morality differently. Research shows that among the five moral foundations, care, fairness, authority and tradition, in-group loyalty, and purity, liberals prioritize care and fairness, while conservatives engage all five about equally. The liberal weighing means that far more emphasis is placed on single consideration, for example, if it even saves one life, to the exclusion of others, such as the cost to society. Liberals equate those costs with simple monetary hardship, easily replaced by a government check. Conservatives realize economic devastation may affect lives for years, altering their entire trajectories. The liberal approach betrays a lack of imagination. Just because you don't like Trump doesn't mean he must be wrong. Just because you can work remotely doesn't mean others can too. Just because you don't want to confront risks doesn't mean others should be prevented from doing so. Just because you have a single-dimension view of caring doesn't mean we can afford to ignore the consequences of economic destination. Devastation. It is time to reopen America in a smart and deliberate fashion and stop calling people murderers because they want to get back to work. The American people are responsible enough to live free and confront risk. Let them do so. I, I just think that's just absolutely captures a lot of what we've been talking about. I think the hyperbole on both sides, I think he's correct. I yeah. mean, it's there's no in between. Like he said at the end there, do it reasonably, get things rolling again, do it smartly. But the hyperbole on both sides is, you know, I, well, you're taking away my freedoms or I, uh, you know, we have to all stay indoors. I retweeted something from Matt Walsh this morning, and I know a lot of people have their own opinions on Matt Walsh, but I, I found the tweet spot on. And he said, political discourse in America is now just two sets of people with glaring double standards <laughs> accusing each other of having glaring double standards. And that couldn't be more accurate. That's very good. Yeah. But... We've witnessed this. The, the closer you get to the country's tallest buildings, the more uh, 
you see the political class in the salon uh, interpreting their role and their discipline as a, as a member of the political class as monitoring your behavior. Right? Mm-hmm. Yes. True. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Plastic bags, cigarettes, whatever. It goes on and on and on. It stands to reason that if the political class is already in, closer you get to the country's tallest buildings, if the political class is already comfortably at peace with telling you how to behave, it becomes perfectly understandable why we have the rules we have, the the stay-at-home orders. becomes perfectly understandable. And Walls is a is a liberal. He's not a conservative, and he's and again, uh, I've been defending Walls to a certain extent by pointing out that Walls is not a bad man by any stretch of the imagination, but he is a functionary of the liberal mindset. Thus, this these extraordinary uh, stay-at-home orders that we've been following and which are now loosening. It's not because he's a, I don't, I still don't think Walls is intent on controlling my life, but he's, he's very comfortable with his political platform, which is to regard my safety as among his charges. That makes sense? Yeah. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. Yeah. But that's where part of the hyperbole comes in. The other side thinks he's trying to turn us into a, socialist country and then the liberal side says well these people their freedoms they think are being infringed by having to wear a mask so they're all nuts you know what i mean Mm -hmm. there's just no in between well and Mm -hmm. i guess the one problem that i had over the last couple of days is the fact that they had to call a special session did they officially call a special session yet well it's anticipated for june we got a call into tom hauser we might hear from him today but here's my point you idiots haven't been laid off. None of you lost a paycheck. You've and there's been nothing else to do. And this still is going. You still can't meet common ground. Mm-hmm. That should tell you everything you need to know about the political class. Sorry, I got outraged. That's fine. That. Can, can <laughs> we? We're outraged. Let's go back to masks. Uh, John in Bemidji writes, First, I would like to acknowledge that the mayor has again demonstrated his wisdom in saying we know no more about COVID-19 now than we did 30 or 60 days ago and that what the experts are asking us to believe changes almost daily. Nine deaths Sunday, 12 yesterday. These are really good trends. We're, we're going down. Uh, regarding the wearing of masks, first, I believe we are using the term masks when in reality they are no more than a cloth face covering, not health care grade mask. I spent 40 plus years working in surgery, so I know about wearing masks. Second, we are told to follow science. In my reading, I find that the reported efficacy of cloth face coverings in limiting the spread of the virus is highly debatable. Third, no one has said that wearing a mask covering is superior or equal to distancing and hand hygiene in slowing transmission, yet wearing a face cover is often spoken of as being the optimal thing to do. I cannot help but wonder if there's another way of giving people something to do to make them feel like they are in control for bureaucrats to exert control over human behavior and use peer pressure as a tool. Is wearing a face covering harmful? Probably not, unless it is done improperly, which I see with regularity. 
I understand the <laughs> yeah. theoretical. Yeah. yeah, I understand <laughs> the, the theoretical. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I understand the theoretical advantage of wearing them in closed, confined areas with large numbers of people, such as mass transit vehicles. Now that we have started, when will it be okay to stop wearing masks? Will we be asked to wear masks when the next cold and flu season comes around? We have not heard from mental health experts on what effects wearing facial barriers will have on society and interpersonal interaction. Wait till you hear what I got coming up on that. As of now, I will only wear a mask if the business I need to enter requires it. Not because I'm vain or macho, but because no one has yet proven to me that it is much more than political theater. Keep pushing back, John and Bemidji. I just I still throw one off for going to a store. I I, uh, I, I I'm prepared to be educated that it's useless. <laughs> well, I don't when, think it's useless. So if you're standing next to somebody and somebody they sneeze, I got an email about that very thing because I said I also wear 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 a mask when I go out and about. And do you know why the number one reason I do it? Hmm. My wife tells me to. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm, not, I'm not kidding. I can relate to that. <laughs> you fellas can probably guess what my pickup smells like inside. Oh, right? I don't even want to. Uh, yeah. Being a smoker, so yeah, and that's where my masks uh, spend their lifetime. <laughs> so uh, I, I put that mask on, and it's like putting your face right into an ashtray. It's really oh. But 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 here's the deal: when when I look into a mirror and I'm not wearing a mask, I go, "Hey, buddy, face for radio. How you doing?" Mm-hmm. And uh, and I look into a mirror with a mask on, I go, "Hey, buddy, you look good today." Yeah. <laughs> and a mystery. I just I just like how I look when I can't see my face. There's a, a Twitter video, Kenny, along those same lines. It's out there, and this guy there meets a fetching young lass with her mask on, and they're at the you know the the store. Kind of walks up, is like, what, what, what's up, lady? And then she pulls it off, and he's like, "Oh no, uh, my bad, sorry." <laughs> and I'm like, that's, "That's so wrong." Yeah, well, the world is wrong, Chris. That's true. Now, in my network of people I know, I know many liberals and many conservatives, and I know just as many conservatives who are throwing on a mask as liberals. Hmm. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I'm not. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't really. Uh, I don't have much thought on masks other than uh, if I'm required to wear one to enter your business, I'll, I'll, I'll honor your request. John, do you feel like making any posts about that uh, when people enter a store? <laughs> not on, not on right media? now. I'm gonna I'm gonna pay. If you don't want it, you said it yesterday. I listened to the show. Yep. If you don't want to wear a mask, don't go into the stores that want you to wear a mask. Yep. It's, it's just as easy as that. It's just that Shop easy. somewhere else. Yep. Yeah. Don't sit and complain and yell at the employees. That's all. No, you're just you're just. Being polite, if you're asked, I told uh, yesterday. I yeah. said I had to go to the eye doctor, and they said you have to wear a mask. Mm-hmm. I said fine. Everybody in there had one on. The doctor had one on. And, and your point about responsibility was well taken yesterday. It's, we have a responsibility to do stuff as part of society. Now it's it not, is interesting you know, taking your freedom away. Yeah, it, it is interesting. I bet in to a to a significant degree, and this too shall pass when this passes. I bet to a significant degree, we will be a masked culture. To a significant degree, I agree. I with mean, that. Yep. I, I've seen uh, I've seen Japanese tourists all over the world all my life, and yeah. they all wear masks, and, and it's just part of their culture, part of their upbringing. Uh, same with Taiwan, where they're a mask culture, and they've had very little problems with with COVID nineteen. But I'll bet you. Come fall, you know, and we're warned about the oncoming flu season and possibly a second wave of COVID. Second I'll wave. bet you I'll bet you I'll bet you we're second gonna see a lot of masks. Yeah. 
Well, then that's that good news, I guess, for the um, the Souchere mask assembly line that's been installed at your home. <laughs> oh my God, there's so many. I don't. I don't know what she. She must hand them out at stoplights or something. Right. I don't you know what she's have, doing uh, with them. Do you get mask envy? I, I find myself getting mask envy because I see some guys wearing masks that look like they should be. In an OR, in surgery. It's like, wow, that is a quality mask. Where yeah. did you get one? Yeah. If I could get my hands on some of those, I'd probably wear them. Did I'm just wearing this ratty old do-rag thing converted, you know. Did you see my uh, my twins one that my mom made for me, Kenny? I got a lot of compliments on my twins. Why don't mask. I get you guys, uh, Kenny, I can get you a mask. I can my get favorite. you a mask by 3 o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite is the rookie who wears a mask that says, the rookie on it. Right. <laughs> Advertising. That is so awesome. Well, the other thing about a mask is, as my reading tells me, you're just as likely, to, if you're going to catch this, you could you could easily catch it through your eyeballs. Oh, yeah. well, I wear glasses. I have well, eye protection. He's going to wear a welding mask the rest of his life. <laughs> I saw the film of the... Uh, the inner tube social distancing oh. devices at oh, the bar in yeah. Maryland. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I, w- I think that's cool. I want to go to a place where I get <laughs> no. to wear an inner tube. Oh, you I think it's one neat. of those before all of this. Yeah, I think <laughs> it's really neat. <laughs> you know, You'd like that at walking to and from the bus at the <laughs> yeah. state fair. Tell you and what. you kind of want to go oom, bapa, oom, bapa, oom when you're walking along. You <laughs> know, kind of throwing your belly around. When the crew at 30 Bales reopens their patio, we'll get you all set up with a nice inner tube. You can hang out on the old patio in Hopkins, Joe. Well, listen to this. In the home of the, uh, what do we call the events in Stillwater? They've been log jammed? Lumberjacked. Uh, They've been lumberjacked. Yeah. Well, anyway, we're going to visit Stillwater here for a moment. Uh, a new city of Stillwater proposal would allow restaurants to use parking lots and street parking spaces to create new patio seating for customers in anticipation that a June 1 reopening will likely come with occupancy restrictions. We think bars and restaurants will probably be at 50% capacity, so we're looking at ways, thinking out of the box in Stillwater, for how we can potentially help these bars and restaurants increase sales, Stillwater Council member David Junker said. Well, I'm thinking you guys should go to the inner tubes. The proposed, you're right there on a river, too. Yeah, you could float right down. Got kind of a nautical theme anyway. (laughs) The proposal is going in front of the Stillwater City Council today. The ordinance would allow some local restaurants to open seating areas and parking lots or in some parking spaces <laughs> along the sidewalk. And believe me, they will be occupied. We are the, we are oh, the yeah. most sitting outside people in the, in the yes, history of the, of the world. We'll sit next to a dumpster in an yes. alley if we can be yes. outside. Uh, the ordinance would also allow for refreshment zones in some city parking lots. These would be designated areas where customers could bring takeout food and beverages and sit down if restaurants are filled to capacity. Get the inner tubes or the noodles. There will be no alcohol or beverages served in the entertainment zones, and we've got to be very cautious of the spacing. We, we can't load up these entertainment zones with 200 people, 500 people. We want to be very conscious of the spacing of these two, well, Junker said. Well, who's going to show up to drink ice water? Yeah, I'm going to take my bag lunch and a bottle of water <laughs> and sit in a parking lot right. in Stillwater. <laughs> I will if you get me an inner tube on wheels. And get me some lift bridge. Uh-huh. I'm not going over there for some ice water. I'm sorry. How that spacing would be enforced is not made clear in the proposal. The proposal does point to other cities who have created similar entertainment or refreshment zones. To accommodate for these zones, the council would have to consider changing open container policies. The proposal also includes information on possibly having 
a universal wristband or cup color system to differentiate who is a customer at a local establishment and who may not be. Hmm. As part of the proposal, several Stillwater restaurants signed a petition supporting the proposed measures. If the ordinance passes today, it will not go into effect until June 1, the tentative date that uh, Walls has set for bars and restaurants to reopen. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, if I own a bar, I'm going the inner tube deal. I'm going to get these big tractor inner tubes, <laughs> figure out a way to attach a little table to them, put them on wheels like those walkers that have tennis balls on the handle, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And just everybody yeah. shuffle around out there, and the people would be falling <laughs> off the deck, but they wouldn't get hurt because they would just bounce around on their inner tubes. Oh, I think it would be great. I think it would be fantastic. <laughs> just fantastic. See, I mentioned earlier on this day in uh, 2009, it was 97 degrees. Wow. People were swimming. They were swimming. Hopefully, they were swimming in a weed-free beach offered to them by Aquaside. They've been helping people maintain Great Lake Shores for years with a complete line of lake and pond control products. They take care of everything from weeds to algae. When I when I go out on Good Luck, the uh, the, the mayor's uh, pontoon boat, when yeah. I leave the I I can tell who's used Aquaside. That's where all the kids are. The Aquaside products are easy to use. They work right away. They're registered with the EPA and DNR and they're safe for you, the fish and your family. There is no need. No need. To let weeds overtake your pond. This weeds, uh, unidentified vegetation, algae, whatever you got problem with, Aquaside will fix it. Call 1-800-328-9350 or go to Aquaside.com and get going. You got a big, long summer of beautiful beach weather ahead of you. You might as well make it weed-free with Aquaside. GL will return shortly. Canopy cares as we go through these unprecedented times with COVID-19. At the Canopy Group, we remain open and 100% ready to service our existing clients and to discuss options for new clients. In an effort to keep everyone safe, we have eliminated face-to-face meetings. We have also set up many Canopy employees 